The Confluence Story Gathering Podcast is a production of Confluence, a community-supported nonprofit that connects people to the history, living cultures, and ecology of the Columbia River system. Find us at confluenceproject.org. Water is sacred, water is life, and water is healing. When I've been challenged by something, I've gone to the water, and the water has helped me to release it. Hello, and welcome to the Confluence Story Gathering Podcast, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River. In this episode, we're going to listen to the stories and observations of Patsy Whitefoot. She's an elder from the Yakima Nation, a well-known leader in education circles, an activist, and a Confluence board member. She was born and raised by her maternal grandparents in the original homelands of the Yakima in eastern Washington. Much of her work has centered on tribal, state, and federal policies to build capacity and sustainability at the local and national levels. She currently serves as the education chair of the Affiliated Tribes of Northwest Indians, one of many leadership roles Patsy Whitefoot has played in education. But when we sat down with her for an interview, she began with her relationship with the river. Nisha, Ichishkin, or Kutlaninam Ashanisha. I'm thinking about the river. Laninam, my heart is happy. You know, when I think about the Inch'iwana, now my heart is full of joy in thinking about it, the whole Columbia River ecosystem. When I think about uh, the Columbia River ecosystem, I often think you know, of my childhood, my grandparents, family, the whole river system throughout the Northwest, uh, because of that, um, my family would travel many, many miles, uh, and we, we know when we were leaving Medicine Valley that we were going to the river, or we were going to travel to Warm Springs to visit family, or travel over to Portland uh, to go gather berries, and then head over to Warm Springs, and so it was like this huge trip that we took along in Iwana. And so it holds a special place in my heart, uh, just to remember that. And when we people gather and we think about it, that's what comes to my mind first, is the special place that's in my heart for, about in Chihuahua. And so as a child, um, growing up along the, you know, when Salilo Falls was still here, I could still hear the trains going by. I could feel the sand that we used to camp nearby or on, and just the winds, wind that was a part of the whole river system, and it just holds a special place in my heart just thinking about it. Um, and then also just uh, being there and watching my grandfather fishing, and at times my mother would be there, helping him, uh, you know, going across the cable cars on the falls. Now when I think about it, it just takes my breath away, but that was our livelihood, just um, traveling to the river and fishing and being there with many, many families who were there. Uh, so when I think about Salilo Falls as well, that was during an era 
when you know the government was taking a look at you know some of the river systems and something that you know they thought was needed but yet the native people didn't think that it was needed but we're talking about you know industrialization economic development all of that even though the Celilo Falls still doesn't exist it still is a part of who I am because of the sounds of the falls and just seeing all the people to gathering there from throughout the Northwest. And uh, when I think about the elders and many of them are ancestors now, I know it held a special place in their heart as well. Uh, there was so much that uh, revolved around in the rivers. In anywhere you go uh, around the Northwest, uh, you ask yourself, well, where did this river begin? And when I think about the whole um, ecosystem of the Inchiwana or Columbia River, you, you know, we know it came from Canada up in that area from the mountains there. And then it travels down through uh, central Washington and to toward Idaho and Oregon out into the ocean. But there are all these tributaries that uh, contribute to the whole um, river system itself. And, and every one of those tributaries are important as well. And so wherever we may be in the Northwest, always think about where does it begin and where is it traveling to? Um, because that's the story of, you know, the sacredness of this water, the sacredness of the river. So as children were taught that water is life or water is sacred uh, in our uh, our, our Excuse me, let me stop. I'm going between two words here. <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the Sahaptan people, uh, the Sahaptan speaking people, uh, particularly those that are part of the Columbia River Intertribal Fish Commission, that include the Yakima, the Warm Springs, Umatilla, and Nez Perce, and we're, we have such a close tie to the whole river. And so whenever we see, um, you know the river being degraded or uh, destructive work going around there, it ca causes alarm. And unfortunately, we shouldn't have to be alarmed, but that's what industry is doing today. And so, um, and that's just something as I've gotten older from the time I was a child, and now I'm a great grandmother, you begin to see uh, not only the value, but this, really the sacredness of the water, the sacredness of the river system. And um, there's a responsibility that we know that we have you know, to the natural world around us. And that natural world includes the river system, but also you know, all the foods, the, the traditional foods and medicines that exist here in the Northwest. Um, as well as, um, you know, the animals, the birds, all of that are a part of this broader ecosystem that we are a part of. And so every step of the way, we're training our children, educating them about that, particularly in our traditional longhouses or, or places of worship where people may gather, even if it's in a home, that teaching and education is constantly going on with our children. In any gathering, I'm always thankful to the elders who uh, get up and speak about this special bond that we have uh, with our Creator, but also with 
the life forms that are around us because we are all interrelated in one way or another. It makes me sad uh, thinking about some of the rivers or some of the creeks that existed when I was a child because as a child I would go fishing and or go eeling and there's uh, a creek I know along the the river uh, that no longer exists and as a child I used to go eeling there but it's dry and has been dry for many many years um, but we know where the other places are to be able to to go gathering but at the same time we have to warn ourselves and our our children our adult children about the need to also practice conservation and as well to ensure that the salmon return. Uh, it includes not only just the conservation, but the land around around where our, our rivers exist and the waterways exist. I, I'm thinking about uh, now uh, a little uh, spring where I live in White Swan is called Momo and it's a bubbling spring and it has a special significance to to our people there. So every aspect of water is important. Um, and then because it's used for in many ways, not only in our longhouses, but also used in, you know, our sweats when we conduct our sweat ceremonies as well. And it's just used in all of our uh, spiritual ways of being. And it's just a part of us. And so when you uh, take yourself into the water and just like we did the other night I, I'm thinking about you know the spiritual baths that our people take and and what you have to do in, in doing that and what kind of uh, thoughts are going through your mind and that spiritual connection that you have not only with the water but the spiritual connection you have with family the spiritual connection you have with the world around you and the spiritual connection that you have with the Creator. And so there's significance in how the relationship is that we have with, with the water or the river systems and streams. You're listening to Confluence Radio, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River. In this episode, we're hearing from Yakima elder and education leader Patsy Whitefoot. In Western scientific terms, we tend to think of a river environment as interrelated ecological systems. Patsy prefers to explain the same idea as a family. It's just something that I've, I, I've gained to understand. It seems like the the Columbia River system is a river by itself. However, when I speak about the tributaries, the streams, everything that becomes a part of the Columbia River, all of these other systems become a part of a whole, is how I view our river systems, and like the Snake River. And um, there's a responsibility that we know that we have you know, to the natural world around us. And that natural world includes the river system, but also, 
you know, all the foods, the, the traditional foods and medicines that exist here in the Northwest, um, as well as, um, you know, the animals, the birds, all of that are part of this broader ecosystem that we are a part of. I speak about the tributaries, the streams, everything that becomes a part of the Columbia River. All of these other systems become a part of a whole is how I view our river systems and like the Snake River. I've had the opportunity to travel in not only the Columbia River into Canada, but also uh, uh, over with the Snake River over into Idaho and Wyoming, just visiting family. And as you begin to, you know, observe the river systems, you recognize that, you know, all of these other streams and rivers become a part of this whole dynamic force of water. And so for me, that's why the water is so sacred, because it's important that that our river systems and creeks and streams are all sustained because there's so much uh, pressure being put on water today, particularly with um, climate change and the impact that it's having on our communities and our, per our personal well-being as well. And so we really have to treat the river, you know, as like almost like family, it's family. It's a part of our daily life, and we acknowledge the power and the sacredness of water. And, um, and if our children, our parents and adults could take a look at the, the river systems as a part of the whole, but is inclusive of the world's oceans as well, it's inclusive of the whole world's uh, water systems. I mean, I think about communities in Africa or places where there's drought that exists. It just, uh, it, to me, it seems like it doesn't have to be that way and that we all have a responsibility to, to ensure that the future of not only the people, but the, the earth survives as a whole. It's the, the earth and the universe as well because to me, life is very fragile as well. And we have to remember that. But, you know, unfortunately, those kinds of discussions aren't always held, you know, in classrooms or in academics, you know, about the fragility of water, but also the need for respect and taking necessary steps to, to help with the conservation, preservation of water and its ecosystems. You're listening to Confluence Radio, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River. We're listening to Patsy Whitefoot, a Yakima elder and longtime educator. As our interview moved on, one theme that kept coming up was the idea of reciprocity, giving and receiving not just in relationship to the community, but also with the landscape. It's uh, this, this full cycle of life that just continues and is ongoing. And we're also being reciprocal in the work that we do 
as a people. Um, even if you're down on the river fishing, I mean, I was just at the river not too long ago, about two days ago with my sister and, and her um, partner, and they've been fishing there all year long. And we went for a ride uh, to meet with uh, family members along the river. And as we were preparing to go back, my brother-in-law gave me some, you know, gave me jars of salmon. I mean, just, just going for a ride uh, to the Dells and they had business to take care of. And then he pulls out his jars of salmon and says, here, this is for you. I mean, it's those simple acts, you know, of that we share in terms of, you know, just sharing and also having conversations riding to the river and talking about what's going on here or there and what are we doing, you know, as family. I mean, it's just something that we do. And I think about when I think about giving and being generous, of course, I've talked about the feasting that is done or the meals that are done with family or intertribally as well. Um, but I think when we think about reciprocity, it began you know, to me with our creator, you know, sharing these foods and the river systems with us. And that's what we're taught is that there's um, this agreement that was made with the creator and the salmon, the deer and the berries and the roots, all of that. And so in order to sustain, sustain life here on earth. And so when you're taught that as a young child and you're taught by your grandparents about that, you continue that on, but there's different levels of reciprocity that we're talking about too. You know, one just being going to the stream and cleaning the salmon and feeding the other fish coming up, or teaching children about being generous and practicing reciprocity as well, being generous with your knowledge and your skills, even in schools today. I mean, being there to support other, your peers that are part of the classroom, or, or say when we go food gathering, teaching the young ones how to gather, identify the plants and the medicines, teaching them. And there's another level of uh, reciprocity I think is important. That's the whole political element uh, as well and the policies that, that impact the, the whole river systems and the ecosystem as a whole. And that means then we're also educating ourselves about some of these policy-related issues and then also taking a stand on some of the impacts that's happening to harm our river systems or has a negative contribution to the, the health of the river systems. And so that also means educating lawmakers, educating uh, particularly politicians who may not know just what I'm talking about. And so you're educating them. It, it, to be a native, I've always said, we're also about educating others all the time. And it's also about being astute to the politics around you. That's, that's real. I mean, because we're talking about different uh, governmental jurisdictions, meaning uh, not only tribal governments, but also local governments, city governments, uh, state governments, federal governments, county government, international governments as well. So here on the river system, we know that 
we also are dealing with Canada. So that's to me as another, depending on how you view it and what your ultimate goal is, you could also be practicing reciprocity. In some cases, that may mean negotiations. So it takes you through different steps and levels of, of what does it mean to be uh, reciprocal or generous. And so I always think about getting to the point of having to negotiate, particularly with governments. My relationship uh, to the river, while I was a child, it was steeped in the river because because Celilo Falls was still here. And because it was steeped in it, we would annually travel to the river or be along the river. And so today, uh, as I've gotten older, it's more about talking and educating the younger ones and also sharing stories about my own experiences with fishing. Fishing, uh, say, up on the Yakima Reservation in the closed area of the reservation or when we cleaned fish uh, along Simcoe Creek and Soda Springs area. This is what we did, sharing that history with the younger ones. Or I talked about the the creek that now has dried up where I used to go eeling. It's just sharing some of the significant history of these places uh, around us. And so because uh, I'm an educator, it's also educating teachers as well because they want to know. And so they can relate with the children or students that they have in their classroom. It's also about educating them and just the general public as well uh, about our history, uh, a little about our culture. Um, and I, and because we're here in the Northwest, I think people can relate to it just because of where we're located. We're, we live here. So we have this relationship with, with the river and the river systems and streams, creeks and all of that. Um, and I think as I, uh, because I'm in education, I get to hear the stories. I also am involved in training young people about healing and health and well-being. And so part of the training that I do is about, you know, your identity and your culture. What is, who are you? What are you about? Who's your family? What about your community? And what does it mean to be Native? And so when you have that kind of opportunity to be able to ask those questions with young people and they gather together and they talk amongst themselves as, say, middle school students, usually I work with middle school and high school students, and even families, they begin with the stories of the water or they draw the mountains in our case, Mount Adams or Pato. And when they do that, they always put in water there. Or I'm just thinking about, you know, a group of girls that did this once. They, they put in the rivers, but they also put in rain in their posters about their identity, about who they are and what they want to be known as. And so there's so many ways uh, that... Uh, 
can be shared and taught about our relationship uh, to to who we are as a people and how we express our very being around the river or the water systems, the natural world just around us. And so it's, it's the same thing that can be, a, be done with adults. And because I've worked with college professors, it's the same thing that can be done with professors as well as just asking people, who are you? What are you about? It might seem challenging, uh, but you know, people want to be able to express who they are. People want to be able to say, this is who I am, and this is what I'm about, and this is my world. Uh, There's so many teachings about Nchiwana, the river systems. Uh, There's so much that can be learned when we think about, you know, this, this agreement between the Creator and life forms. So there's always a teaching from that. When you hear that and then you ask yourself, well, as a child, well, what does that mean? But as life evolves, you begin to understand it a little bit more. And so when I think about the education, um, you know, that I'm involved with, I always go back to the early teachings that I had and and think about the agreements that our Creator made with the life forms on this earth. And from that, um, you know, these agreements that occurred has also been important to me because then you know that there's a teaching that your family believes in and this is who you are and it's through them and their faith that they had and continue to have that we take that teaching and we educate ourselves, we educate our babies, we educate one another, and there's constant education going on all the time in our way of life. And that's what I appreciate and love about just being who I am or being native is that there's constantly this teaching that goes on around me. You know, I, I shared about love earlier and I thought about, well, that's something, you know, in the revival of our language, the revitalization of the language, and um, more and more people are saying, you know, Atawi Shamash, I love you. And my grandson will say that to me, Atawi Shamash, Allah, I love you, Grandma. And it just makes me so happy to hear that. And when I think about the river, I also have that similar type of feelings. And just by going out to the stream here and acknowledging the water, first of all, thank you for being a part of my life. Uh, You are sacred. Water is sacred. Water is life. And water is healing. And when I think about healing, I just think how when I've been challenged by something, I've gone to the water. And the water has helped me to release it. And I've been able to do that several times. And so it's been healing for me, but also it's been healing in how the the elders translate a specific ceremonial song we sing because when the salmon is swimming in the water, we know that it's there because the, the agreement that the Creator has with the salmon. And that salmon is swimming in the golden water. It's shining down on the life of our people 
and all life forms on this earth. You've been listening to the Confluence Story Gathering Podcast, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River. Thanks to Yakima elder, educator, and Confluence board member Patsy Whitefoot for sharing her stories and wisdom for this episode. To find out more about Confluence and our five completed sites along the Columbia River system, check out our website, confluenceproject.org. Remember, Confluence is a community-supported nonprofit We can only do this work because of the generous support from the Friends of Confluence. That's you. Join us today. Thanks for listening to the Confluence Story Gathering Podcast.